Greetings, friends, and happy August. I'm Lavana Martin Floriel, the host of the podcast series, Taking a Deep Breath. Life requires moments of reflections that are often accompanied by taking a deep breath. I like to refer to these moments as aha moments, which are a sudden realization, inspiration, insight, recognition, or comprehension that catalyzes a more profound sense of self and can be a springboard for growth. So welcome to my vision of sharing stories of transitions and triumphs. Today's episode continues my thoughts from episode one, which was when it's over. This episode celebrates a momentous feat in my life and athletic career. Mentioned in the previous podcast of my journey through the Olympics, but today is a special day. Today is my Olympic anniversary. 30 years ago, I crossed the finish line in one of the craziest Olympic finals in the women's 100 meter hurdles. All my life, I have dreamed about that moment that I would stand on the podium in a packed stadium while awaiting an Olympic medal being placed around my neck. Ever since I watched my athletic idol, Benita Fitzgerald, at the 1984 Olympic Games in Los Angeles, cross the finish line in first place, uh, cementing her place in our athletic society, in our world, as the first African-American gold medalist in the 100 hurdles. I wanted that same feeling. That day finally arrived on August 6, 1992. I walked out in my USA medal ceremony outfit after successfully crossing the finish line in the silver medal position. A few months earlier, I wasn't even predicted that I was going to make the 92 Olympic team, let alone medal at those Barcelona Olympics. But guess what? I did. I defied the odds. I surprised myself and the world. I will forever be etched in history as the silver medalist in these Olympic Games. What do I mean by that? So we all know in life and in particular in athletics, things can change from one day to the next. You can be a champion on one day and the next day you may not even make it to the finals. On that particular day of August 6th, 1992, I walked away as the second best hurdler in the world. And I was thrilled. I had accomplished my goal. I had given myself a victory, my community a victory. My community in Dayton, Ohio was ecstatic. My family, my coaches, everyone that had been associated with me, even Benita Fitzgerald, who was waiting for me before I went out to get my medal to give me the biggest hug and tell me how proud she was of me. But to my surprise, I had a hollow feeling that accompanied my most incredible track and field accomplishments. That journey was so exhilarating. But in the end, and yes, I knew the end was coming, I felt hollow. And so, as I mentioned before, there were years that I spent in my heart, not outwardly, but in my heart, trying to replicate that Olympic feeling instead of acknowledging when it's over. 
And so I can recognize in me that transitions are always hard for me. Like I said earlier, change is inevitable, but for some reason, I tend to linger in the comfortable spaces of my life. And so these past years, in particular, these past four years, I have been working on myself and it has caused me to do some serious reflections. So while I have been pondering, I can trace some of these feelings of insecurity to two distinct childhood memories. And I want to share those with you. Because to me, it connects as to why I struggle a lot of times with change. So the first one is happened to me when I was in second grade. I went to a Catholic school. I grew up Catholic. And I attended this school from second to fourth grade. I loved my school. I loved my school. I loved my friends. I loved my teacher. I felt safe in this space because it was also the church that I attended. In second grade, I had this great Nigerian teacher who was very strict, but she was loving. And halfway through that school year, she had recommended to my parents that I should be promoted the next year to fourth grade. In other words, she felt that I needed to skip the third grade and go to the fourth. Part of the reason why is that I had a huge vocabulary. I had a out of this world reading appetite. My comprehension level was off the charts for a second grader. And Mrs. Uma felt that I needed to skip third grade and go on to fourth grade. Well, I wasn't included in the dis- dis- discussion at all. My parents, black parents in the 70s, they didn't ask their kids about what they thought, (laughs) like what happens today. I came from that mantra, children should be seen and not heard. And so that decision was made for me to move to fourth grade and my comfort level was spooked. Now, let me add this little caveat in. As I transitioned to fourth grade, I still had to go back and take third grade math because my math skills were on par at grade level. So being with fourth graders all day who were nine, almost 10 years old, I'm an eight year old. And then having to come back and take the math class with my regular class that I would have the regular grade that I would have been in, that was challenging. So fourth grade, I found to be challenging, not the academics part, but the social and emotional adjustments were a serious struggle. I always felt like I was behind the eight ball. I was never comfortable. I never felt accepted by the kids in the class. And why would I be? I was eight. They were nine going on 10. My confidence was shaken. I never made the adjustment. Insecurity prevailed throughout my academic years, and even all the way through college. Think about it. I'm always socially and emotionally a year behind any promotion that I was in academically. I never shared those feelings with anyone. I never made the correlation until recently as I've started on my healing journey. It's like Maya Angelou said, at 50, I began to know who I was, and it was like waking up to myself. And I agree. My next experience was when I was in fifth grade. Before fifth grade, 
I grew up in a very typical street in the inner city of Dayton, Ohio. Growing up, I had no idea of the happenings in my neighborhood. I had no idea that it was crime-ridden. I had no idea there was uh, nefarious dealings that were going on. All I knew was that I felt safe. I loved my childhood friends, and I had a childlike freedom on Ardmore Street. I remember very vividly um, that we would ride our bikes, my brother and I, unbeknownst to us, our mother was watching us, but we felt like we were free, to the end of the street into this big lot that we thought was huge, and we would just ride our bikes in a literal circle and just laugh and felt free and had fun. When I think about it today, that lot wasn't that big, but to us, it was huge. It was free. One of my other best memories about living on that street was that I could walk to my maternal grandparents' home that was a few blocks away. I was very close to my the maternal side of, of our family. And so that predictable life made me feel safe. Well, one day my parents, who were hardworking black parents, wanted to provide a life for us that included good schools, a safer neighborhood, and a quieter side of life. So they moved us out of the city to the suburbs. We moved into a planned community that provided the relief that my parents sought for our family of four. My little sister would be born about five years later, so she wasn't included in this. If I'm honest, it's one of the earliest memories I have in my life of being anxious about change. Starting a new school, acquiring new friends, having my first exposure to white people was different than any experience I have ever had. And if you're African-American, you understand what I mean when I say your first exposures to dealing with Caucasians. I found out later in life that some of our neighbors were unhappy that a black family was even living next door to them. I realize now that I didn't know this fact then, but I felt something was different in this new community than that all black neighborhood that I had grew up in in the city. Unbeknownst to my parents, I struggled. I struggled greatly with this change. I never shared it or even knew that I still carried this memory in my heart to this day. But I always had the surety of track and field. It was my happy place. It was where I felt free, different, accepted every time I ran, especially when I won. I was important. I was a winner. I can transform into my version of a superwoman on the track. And that's why transitioning from the end of my career to regular life was difficult. I was right back where I started, anxious about the uncertainty of what lies ahead. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I had a little bit of an anxious thought when I was watching the world championships of track and field take place on U.S. soil for the first time ever in Eugene, Oregon. I competed in the world championships in 1987 in Rome, Italy, and that was my first and only world championships. And so I know how much this meant to have these games here in the U.S. The first world championships was 1983 in Helsinki, Finland, and to have in 2022 the first world championships on U.S. soil was exhilarating. 
Well, I often get asked, or I got asked within those couple of weeks, why wasn't I there? Yeah, I decided not to go to the world championships for a a few reasons. Number one, I'm always respectful of my husband, who's a coach, and not wanting to invade his space while he's working. That's one. I I definitely want to be respectful. Number two, I had been to Eugene, Oregon a couple of times this year, and I really wasn't looking forward to going back to Eugene. And in particular, I don't deal really well with crowds. And so I wasn't interested in that. But if I'm being really honest with myself, I have worked really hard to step away and separate Lavana the track athlete from Lavana the person. And I did not want to put myself back into that environment of of the feelings, and I'm trying to describe what those feelings are like, that feelings, I guess the feelings of replicating that moment, those moments that I had as an athlete. I've worked really hard to kind of like step away from that. But I want to admit something to you. As I saw pictures, as I saw videos, as I talked to a few people who were at the competition, I had that same lingering feeling in my heart about I wasn't there. I was missing out. I wasn't a part of it. That same feelings that I was healing or being healed from started to to come back. I made the decision to go off to Cancun and watch the track meets while looking at the ocean because that's what I love to do. As a matter of fact, my spouse, my partner, my husband, he said to me, go do what makes you happy. And that's something that made me happy. While on that trip, I went and visited a Mayan temple. And I am a history buff. And so it it was on my bucket list to go to Chichen Itza. Well, I learned something at Chichen Itza. I learned a lot. But one thing that was an inspiration for me, apart from the fact that the Mayans are a phenomenal people, what they were able to do, how they were able to create it, create their society was amazing. The stories that we hear about them are, are so skewed from the colonizers perception, but they are a wonderful, marvelous people. But here's one thing that I learned from the Mayans. When they built their cities, and in particular, this temple that I was telling you about, they built their cities on top of each other. So if you were to dig deep inside this temple, you will see that there is a smaller temple, another temple on top of that, and then the large temple that we see when we recognize that it's one of the new seven wonders of the world. They build upon what is underneath or what was the laid foundation. And that's what I realize, that I have these layers of myself that's built upon some of these foundations, and in particular, I'm not saying that it's a positive thing either. I'm saying these, these feelings that I have of change, and I might bury one and build on top of that and bury that and build on top of that, and I never really deal with the, the deep downness of why I struggle with change and when it's over. New beginnings are scary. And they're terrifying, but it's never over. It just changes. And so after I pondered how I was feeling about watching the track meet and what I felt like I was missing out, 
I recognized I wasn't missing out on anything. I recognized that the joys in my life is not what I may feel like is change or what I may be losing. It's what I cling to. Buddha said that you only lose what you cling to. That's the challenge. Wanting life to stay static and status quo. That's the challenge. Not embracing the change that is to come. The change that will happen. The change that is inevitable. That's the beauty of life. So when I look at some of these young people, and when I talk to some of these young people, I recognize that part of my role is to encourage. Part of my role is to be a beacon. Part of my role is to um, take what I know and not force it, but just take what I know and be there as, as a healing balm. Because we all go through changes. As I mentioned the last time, we all go through changes, whether it's our children growing up and leaving the home, that's a change. Whether it's the change in a new job, whether it's moving, whether it's the loss of a friendship or the loss of a loved one, these are all changes that we have to recognize happens in our lives, but it's okay. So as I think back to my childhood and I think back to how I did not handle, and you know what, part of why I didn't handle it well is because I didn't tell anybody. So the next guest that I will have on the podcast is a friend that had made herself available to me during a really difficult time frame in my life. And I recognize that it's through transparency and it's through being able to, to open up. It's through recognizing change and it's through embracing it is where the healing comes. And so I'm excited to introduce you to her in the next podcast. And as I stated, I'm forever grateful to my spouse who encourages me to pursue those things that make me happy. And he encourages that and supports that. And I encourage and support that for him. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. So as I end the podcast for today, I hope this encourages you to continue to journey on to whatever is set before you. 